Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast Tour Championship Preview Storylines, Matchups, Expert Picks. We got it all, and we're going three wide today. Let's bring him in. Kyle Porter, what up, KP? How's your, what is it, Tuesday going so far? I'm just going to get my best Sungjae impression. It's, it's more, yeah. It's actually extended more like this. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> for people For people that are listening and not watching, we're referencing the, uh, the graphic, the top 30 that was put out on Monday. And Sungjae's in the middle just, just – he's delighted to be there at, at Eastlake. <laughs> well, with the way he's played, he should be delighted to be there. Um, here's the thing. You know there's ones that hit the cutting room floor because you know KP. They would have had to have drawn these guys. You know, they probably had 35 guys – and the guys that got cut did not make the final graphic. I want to see the other ones. I want to see the other guys here. I want to see Adam Scott. It's hard yeah. to mess up Adam Scott. And I, I think he might have gotten messed up. Yeah. Uh, we just introduced this graphic to Mark Immelman. Mark, welcome in. How are he's not? He's shaking his head. He was not as amused as I think the, <laughs> the rest of the Twitter, Twitter sphere was. As children. I mean, this is for, for the folks that don't know, there was a text stream that basically ruined my morning a few hours. <laughs> and Kyle Porter was obviously the originator behind all of this. In oh, for sure. Bob Jones Invitational, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> back to that, back to that uh, picture. I mean, how the heck does Webb Simpson have a beard? I don't think he could grow a beard in a month of Sundays. Somebody, uh, Max Homa, said on Twitter that he, 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 switched, he switched from Christianity to drug smuggling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get this framed. I'm going to print it out and have it framed, I think. I'll have it in the office in a couple of weeks. Sung JM shoes behind you, right? Yeah, right. Put it right with the, with the Sung J shoes. Uh, don't forget, we are on YouTube at First Cut Pod. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle at First Cut Pod. And gentlemen, the Tour Championship is here. The final leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And oh boy, is there a lot of money on the line. 15 million smackaroos up top for first place going all the way down. I mean, second, not so bad either. 5 million bucks. But the big difference this week, KP, and we had this last year too, based on your starting position, uh, you are actually getting strokes. Dustin Johnson is going to start 10 under par with a two-shot lead over John Rahm because he earned it throughout this year and throughout the playoffs with his FedEx Cup standings. Yeah, and to clarify what Mark said earlier, I called it the Handicap Invitational presented by the Bob Jones Estate. So <laughs> just, just, uh, just to clarify that, uh, look, like it's easy to make fun of the FedEx Cup. Uh, it's sport to make fun of the FedEx Cup, and that's fine. Um, it's been fun. Like, TPC Boston was great watching DJ. I thought Olympia Fields, it didn't feel 
it didn't feel like a major, but it felt like Memorial, which I thought was big. I mean, those are, it, it, it's a big course. It's a big deal. And I think it's been, I think it's been awesome. Like, I think it's just been great golf so far. And when you see that on good courses, it's just, I'm excited about this weekend. Now, if, again, if DJ goes out 63 round one and he's up 14 going into the second round. I might change my tune on that, but I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about, uh, about the, the tour championship. So I looked it up last year and obviously uh, this by no means is going to project what's happening this year, but Justin Thomas, who started with that two shot lead in 2019, Mark uh, Xander Shoffley made up six strokes in round one and caught him. Uh, Brooks Kepka made up three strokes and caught him. And it was a three way tie through 18 holes. So that, that two shots, yes, in a vacuum is a lot, but it can go away very quickly, especially at Eastlake. Yeah, well, there's a few things to bear in mind. Obviously, with 30 players, it's only a one T start. And you start on the first hole. A few years ago, I think it was a stroke of genius. There's my first Bob Jones quote, incidentally. <laughs> Who's counting? That's one. Um, it, it was a stroke of genius to flip these nines around. Because 10 for the members, which is the first hole in the tournament, is an uphill par 5. It's got a par 5 design green. It's a narrow fairway out of bounds down the left that encroaches quickly, trees down the right. So bogey is on the cards if you're not careful. And, and, and again, because it's a 1T start, folks can be out you know, well into the golf course before the leaders hit the, 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 the first team ground. So one's a tough open, two is an uphill par three that's anywhere from about a four iron to a six iron, maybe a seven iron with a front flag. Then three is a downhill par four iron and wedge. And then four is a beast up the hill, gentle dog load, 480 plus. Five is a narrow par four, challenging off the tee. Then there's a reachable five. Then 16 is downhill and mammoth. We've seen guys come apart at the seams quickly over there. 17 runs along the water there, the East Lake. You can quickly get into trouble. And then what was the old 18th is now the ninth. It's a 230, 40-yard par three with a very undulating green where you can make four in a hurry. What I'm trying to say is, if you're a, you can spill strokes early and be a couple three over through nine holes without really hitting too many bad shots. And then the course opens up from you 10, 11, 12, et cetera, et cetera, into the back nine and a reachable five in the 18th. So this, this chase pack, if they're out there early, they can close the gap fast and, and they can be up to not 10 under, but with a few birdies early by them and a few bogeys by DJ and Ram, all of a sudden it's a ball game. And so we could have that leaderboard that looks ridiculous right now, let's be honest. You know, three hours into Friday, I'm going to stop myself from saying Thursday, three hours into Friday, it could look vastly different just by how this golf course shakes out, how it plays. And if someone gets out there early and posts something, I mean, you could essentially be very close to the lead, even though you start 10 strokes adrift after round one. So one thing that I was thinking about the Sure Championship, <clears throat> kind of as you're talking about this, Mark, it's weird that you get world golf rankings points for a, I mean, we joke about it, but a handicapped tournament, right? Like you're starting at different, uh, different levels. It almost feels like the Tour Champion, it almost feels like the, the <clears throat> everything ended last week. And this is sort of like the, the bonus round, like the overtime, right? Because you got all this money on the table. Everybody gets a lot of money. Like if you, if you make it to the, to the Tour Championship, you're getting 500K if you shoot 480s, you know? And so it's like this, it, it, it almost doesn't belong even with the rest of the playoffs. It, it, I, I, it's just so different to have 30 guys 
playing for 45 million uh, and, and you're starting out these weird scores. And, and so I almost, because of that, I don't really mind that you get the, the world golf rankings points because I think everybody goes in knowing like, Hey, I just, and this is why I think the broadcast makes a big deal out of it, whether it's CBS or NBC, I just need to get to Eastlake. And then I get all, it's like the, just a wealth of, of stuff the the, major entries and the money and all these different things. So I, I kind of think of it as separate from everything else. Yeah, that's a very good point um, about the world ranking points. But the truth of it is for the last few years, and I think especially now with the staggered starts, you know, they had adjusted the points for a while. There were points in the playoffs were quadrupled. But then on the flip side of that, there were complaints about some guy that's basically stunk it up the entire year, finds some form during the playoffs and wins the, 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 the FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. We saw that happen with a few guys. And then my argument was like, you know, in the NFL, you just got to make it to the playoffs and get hot. Yeah. Uh, thing in the major leagues and such. So, you know, it's making it to the playoffs. But the one thing that the staggered start has done it's kind of made it possible for everyone to win the FedEx Cup. In the last few years before this thing happened, if you were inside the top five, you sealed your fate. If right. you won the tournament, you were winning the FedEx Cup. Now, with the way it's playing right now, it's possible for anyone to win. And I think that sort of keeps folks interested a bit more because in the first few iterations of this thing, I remember Vijay Singh essentially just had to stay upright for four days and he won the <laughs> FedEx Cup. Yeah. So, so, so from that point of view, I feel you, and I know what you're saying, but, but also at least everybody now in Atlanta today was like, dang, if I get busy and I do the right thing for four rounds, I could win this thing and win the, and then of course win the FedEx Cup because they both won in the same. It, it is interesting. And, and Kyle, I think you, you touched on something that I kind of feel the same way. I want to mine into it a little bit. I mean, there's, there's something almost anticlimactic about the tour championship, but there's also something loaded with drama about it, right? Because it's so top heavy. uh, But, but last week felt important too, because especially this year, getting into East Lake also punches your ticket to tournament of champions along with everything else that's going on. So it felt like, yeah, getting in, Oh my gosh, I got to get in. I got to be in the final 30. And it, re- it removes a little bit of the drama, but also at the same time, they're playing for so much money. Like there's but, only 30 guys. It's going to be not, it's going to be wild. And that's the thing. It's almost like be, winning BMW and somebody, t- I think it was uh, shotgun star guys, Brennan and Andy that touched on this winning BMW at Olympia fields in a, in a field of 70 of the best guys. That's a big, that's a more prestigious golf win. But I think what we forget is you're playing, or I don't, I don't know if we forget it, but you're playing for 45 mil. If you finish first, you get 15 mil. Obviously, you know how much Mackenzie Hughes has made in his career? He's made like six mil. You know how much, <laughs> you know how much Lonto Griffin has made in his career? Like four. And I think that we forget, Joel Damon talked about this recently on, on the No Line Up podcast about how yeah. I'm playing for money. Like if I win, sure. But like, I want to make a lot of money playing golf and this, and, and it's almost like this event is more about that than it is about the prestige of having won at Olympia fields at a TPC Boston, which I think is a real, is, is a really cool course. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it feels very other, very different than what we've seen so far. Yeah. I think, I think Joel Damon said, if he makes 1.2 million a year, every year for the next 10 years without a win, like great success. <laughs> best, yeah, best, well, best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, it, but think about how different that mindset is than a DJ or a ROM 
or a Rory who are right. just set. Like it's, it's almost like it's such a divide. It's like two very different mindsets going into, uh, into the tour championship. So in that sense, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like it's almost like Justin Thomas would probably rather rack up another PGA tour win than, than he would get 15 mil. I, I don't know. Maybe not like 15 mil is a ton of money, but <laughs> It's just very different than when you're looking at it as a Sebastian Munoz or, or somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, get ready for this professional segue. Speaking of money, if you want to save money this summer, why not start by paying less interest on your credit card balances? Refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. It's an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. Get a loan from 5000 to 100000 and you can even get your money as soon as the, the day that you apply. Here is a testimonial from one Lightstream user that left this glowing review. Quote, I heard about Lightstream on a podcast and was able to look on the website and get clear information. The application process was quick and easy. Our listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash cut. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash cut, C-U-T. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes a half a percent auto pay discount. Terms and conditions do apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash cut for more information. Kyle Porter. The player of the year race, the KPPOY race, which has shuffled seemingly every single week for, I don't know, three, four, five weeks in a row. Uh, it's basically at its conclusion here, and we are maybe in a four or five horse race at this point. And you're on mute. And you're back. I might be the only person. <laughs> I was, I was, I had ice in my cup. I didn't want to, you know ruin your ad read i might be the only person that cares about the player of the year race uh who would you vote for right now rick if you had to, if you had to vote pre-tour championship going in based on everything that we've seen who would you vote for this is um it's really hard i i think it is probably um i, I hate that there is a recency bias but I, I still think it's i think it's dj okay um what he's done with the wins and the runners up um, it just so happens that they're recent, but I still think that is uh, just an unbelievable year. And, and without knowing how he finishes it off, he's still going to enter the tour championship as the leader in the FedEx cup standings. Mark. We've seen in the past that majors hold some gravitas. Uh, and so Marikawa does have a big say because for a while he was very good, but over the last little bits, you know, I'm always going to side towards player of the year. And and if you've been consistent throughout the year, then you're my guy. So with that being said, Justin Thomas is a, a strong shot, but I'm I, I'm I'm sort of vacillating between between JT and DJ right now. So not Morikawa. I don't think so. You know, the PGA was a fantastic win. Now, if he wins this week, then I think it's Colin Morikawa. Yeah, but, but it's on the heels of a performance this week. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I think you're right. I think if Morikawa wins this week. I think, I think it's him. And, and I almost feel like I, – I, I wrote this thing on Monday about uh, – so of the last eight events that, they, that at least one of them has played in, Morikawa, DJ, JT, and Rom. So in the last eight events where at least one of them has been in the field, they've won seven. That's wild. And two of them were in, in playoffs against each other. And another one, the PGA, 
Morikawa beat DJ by two or, or whatever it was at the end. So they've been just lights out since the restart. And, and it, I do feel like we're, we're kind of overvaluing the restart because I don't even remember what happened before. <laughs> right. that. That's the problem. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of am feeling wrong right now because I think, I, again, I value courses. I think winning at Muirfield Village is a huge deal. I think winning uh, at Olympia Fields is a huge deal, especially in that quality of field. It's the same kind of quality of field that you would see at a PGA Championship. I get that it's different because it's a major, but it still holds a ton of weight for me. I, I might go John Rahm, but I think, I think if one of those four wins this weekend, I think they're the player of the year. I don't think you can put two wins ahead of three. Um, it's just, you, you know, I, this is an award voted by their peers. And if the one thing the PGA Tour player respects, it's winning because it's so hard to win. So your point is well-founded, but a PGA Tour player who's voting for this is going to go for the guy who's won the most and or who's won the biggest events. What, uh, what did JT win? He won- I, I have it right here. Yeah, so the three wins are the CJ Cup, the Tournament of Champions, and FedEx, uh, WGC FedEx St. Jude. He loves those those three no cut short field events, tiny field events. Uh, tournament of champions is they don't give you the wins. Yeah, but tournament <laughs> tournament tournament of champions is like I don't know. It, it to me the two that Rom won are just so much. Uh, not, they're not so much, but I I just feel like they're more valuable and they're bigger and better than what JT has won. Ram was playing in two of those events that JT won. Well, JT was playing in all of the events that Ram won. Again, so we're two two. <laughs> JT's got an extra win. Uh, yeah, I I think the two that Ram won are, are better than the three that JT won. Is it should, kind of- you, Mark should be making the strokes gain argument right now. J, doesn't JT lead the tour in strokes gain? I don't Any- care about that stuff, boss. Yeah, boss, but but boss. you don't. But the players do. <laughs> I don't think so. They do. Saw, who who, who on the part? We saw that with the Rory McIlroy thing, where they looked into all of the data. Yeah, Rory had how, how many wins versus Brooks had how many majors? We had a majors versus total wins argument. Yeah, they just voted Rory because they like him better. It, it wasn't. It, those two washed, and then we saw the the players who respect this award because everyone wants it. They dug. They mined to use Greg's term a little deeper. Isn't it kind of crazy that in a short season, we have six guys with multiple wins? Just Dustin Johnson, John yeah. Rahm, JT, Webb Simpson, Colin Morikawa, and the Todd father, Brendan Todd. In a season where we lost however many v- events in the middle, we still have six guys who won multiple events. That's so crazy. If Brendan Todd, so you're playing hypothetically, huh? if Brendan <laughs> Todd wins this week, is he the player of the year? He'd, uh, ha- he'd have the same number as JT. No, his wins just aren't as good. I mean, it, basically what I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, I'm hearing you say that all wins are e- like equal across the board. No, 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 no. I have not for one minute said that. That's why Rory with more wins than Brooks one year. Brooks was the prohibitive favorite going into this very week. It was last year. Brooks had had two majors and he was going in as the top dog. Rory had how many wins? And I can't recall. And then he had three. Yeah, he had three, and then he won the, the FedEx Cup and the Tour Championship, and that pushed him over the edge. I, no, I've never said the wins are the same, 
Like if you've got a few full wins versus some guy winning, like Ram at Memorial and such, those hold extra weight. Arnold Palmer, the Memorial, there's certain events that are a cut above. Yeah. And you get the World Golf Championships. Ram, uh, JT does have one of those. And so then you get the, the, the major championships and stuff. So no, I still think JT has got to be dethroned right now. And I think the guy's capable of doing it. It's certainly DJ. I could, I, could, I, I could be talked into that. I, I think that you look at any of those guys, and again, it almost comes down to does one of the – I almost feel like people are, are not – okay, nobody's talking about player of the year besides me, but I, of the, uh, if, the, if it's a conversation, I almost feel like people are forgetting about Morikawa because we're doing the thing where it's like, okay, DJ Rom and JT are uh, top three in the world, top three in the FedEx Cup, top three in on the money list. So they're they're by every measure they're the top three guys. Um, but more what Morikawa has done to win at Mirrorfield Village to win the only major championship. If he wins the Tour Championship, I think he has to be Player of the Year. Yes, he's and remember he's number four in the world and he's number four or five in the FedEx Cup rankings. Right? He's five in both i think okay so he's not that far away from them yeah i was wanting to say one more thing but i'm having a senior moment singing about- <laughs> <laughs> hey. this is what i was gonna say so i'm lobbying for justin thomas who if anyone listening to this goes and logs on to any of the previous 15 podcasts you would have heard carl porter glowing about this guy there you are oh there it is this guy hung the moon and was continued <laughs> But anyway, so now all of a sudden, it's about this proves this proves my objectivity. I'm objective. I don't. I don't have bias. I. I do. I do have bias. Yeah, there you go. Does it matter? Real quick on this. Does it? I think Rory winning from five shots back last year was like. I felt like that was. De- I remember thinking, "Oh my god, he made up five shots and he won this thing by four shots." That is a dominant uh, cherry to put on top of the Sunday. If he just went out in the lead and won it, I feel like it would not have been as impressive, but I felt like that was the real thing. That was like, yeah, this, this guy's the real deal. I think he won in a rump. I was over there the way he played. Typically, if you shoot in double digits from about 10 to 12, 13 under par, you are competitive at that place. He shot like 18 or 19 under last year. It was insanity. And the guy just grabbed the tournament by the scruff of the neck and just was, he was the alpha guy from the start. And everybody, including everyone in the locker room, saw it. And those are the folks who are voting for Carl's award. My, for my award. I think everybody just likes Rory better than Brooks, which is why they, they, they just, they needed a reason. And he gave him the players championship. He yeah. rolled at the tour championship and then they had a reason. So it, it just, yeah. This, the, the fact that there are so many guys that could win player of the year is almost not surprising that there's been so many changes at the top of the world rankings. I mean, we've, we've passed this thing around. It's, it's like a hot potato between the top players in the world at the moment. I mean, we've changed hands five times already this year between four different guys. Or no, five. I mean, all this year, Brooks has held it. Rory, Rom, JT, and Dustin Johnson have all held the number one spot in the world. Uh, John Rom can get it back this week, KP. He can go out and he can win. He can be the number one player in the world again. Are, are, how long are we going to do this for? Is this are we just going to pass this around between three, four, five different guys for the foreseeable future, or is who is anybody capable and likely to put a stranglehold on this thing for? 10, 20, 30 weeks. 
I think there are guys that are capable. I just I struggle with something like this because it's a two year rolling average. Part yeah. of me is like, what is what does this even mean? Like what what am I what am I learning when it changes hands every week? Am I learning that, you know, Rom just had a tournament come off the books from like July of twenty eighteen? Or am I learning it, it's just I think that part of it makes it weird. I think the I think the number one spot in the world becomes more valuable when DJ holds it for two years. Yeah. When Tiger holds it for 10 years and you're like, oh, well, that, they were the unequivocal best player in the world for a long period of time. So if you look at it like that, it's almost like, well, this is just an unbelievably competitive time at the top of golf rather than somebody just completely going out and dominating. In the last two years, Mark, it has only been held longer than eight weeks twice. Rory held it for 11 weeks. Brooks Kepka held it for 38. And there are a lot of guys with one and two week stints atop of the golfing world. And we talk about how deep uh, not only the bottom of the PGA Tour is not only the middle, but I guess not only the top as well, uh, that there are so many guys capable of, of achieving this, this feat. Yeah, you know, and you, you talk about this, the rolling scale, the two year deal, and you, you talk about folks holding the number one for a while. And then you talk about folks um, sort of playing hot potato with the thing. If you look through the rankings, it, it, it seems like it's easy to hold, you know, a top spot. But the truth of it is, if if you get on a slide, the fall can be precipitous. I mean, you've got players like Fowler that's outside of the top 40 right now. Jordan Spieth is tumbling. I mean, and these are blue chip guys who just a few seasons ago were top perennial top 10s, if not top 5s threatening for majors, big time players and all the rest of it. And then you get on the wrong side of some form. Then all of a sudden you get outside the top 70 ish, which gets you into the big events and the WGCs and stuff. Those guaranteed points events that you talk about with JT. Then all of a sudden stuff starts hurting and you have won some and then you start losing a bunch. It is, it's a weird sort of conundrum, this whole thing. And as quickly as what, like we saw Marikawa just absolutely jettison up these rankings, like mm-hmm. Tiger Woodsian. Yeah. And, but now if he has a couple bad seasons, just 14, 15 months down the track, he'll plummet as quickly as what he went up. So it, it truly for me is in as much as what people can critique the thing, it's about as good a way as what we can find to figure out who the best players in the world are because they're all playing in different areas of the world all the time. I think to me, what's maybe more impressive than being number one at any point is being in the top 10 or the top 15 for five years, eight years. I mean, uh, Rory's been in the top 15 for 11 years in a row or something. DJ's been in the top 10 for however – I mean, that that to me is like that's, – that's crazy. Like that's really, really difficult to do because of all the guys that have kind of come up and, and have been great as well. Well, that's what makes someone who hasn't made Kyle's all-time top 10 yet – and Phil Mickelson's legendary, right? He's never been the number one player in the official world golf ranking. But you've had guys like Justin Rose, Luke Donald, um, Dustin Johnson a few times, uh, John Rahm a couple times now, all been number one. Yet Phil Mickelson, Hall of Fame, multiple major champion, 40-plus tournament wins, has never been number one in the world. In, in the world. Do, you, do you have Phil in your top ten all time? Uh, yes, I do. Really? Mm-hmm. I've got him like 11 or 12. I know you've told me a few times. <laughs> or ten, I mean, ten, 10 is like, I mean, do you have him ahead of Bobby Jones? No. But I don't have many folks ahead of Bobby Jones. You know that. 
Well, what, give me your 10 real quick. We got, well, you probably don't have time, but do you, do you have your 10? Uh, Tiger? No, uh, Nicholas, Tiger, Jones. I've got Harry Varden in there. I've got Walter Hagen in there. Um, Phil. Um, Hogan. Hogan. Hogan, Felder, Nelson. That's nine. And you don't have Arnold Palmer or Gary Poyer. Oh, heck. I've got to get rid of two of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so before, before, before we start coming at me, you got to make a list. I've time to make a list. That was going so well, Mark. That was going so well. <laughs> if I went fast, I could just gloss over something. <laughs> You had Al Porter if you were following us on the first cut. <laughs> oh, you had me fooled. I was like, yeah, those all sound good. Those yeah. all sound good. <laughs> no, no Gene Sarah's in either. Barden is out. Player is in. You got it. I mean, he's a career grand slammer. How could I forget Mr. Player? I'm, I'm so, is, so is Gene Sarah's in. I'm wearing all black. All right, let's, yeah. let's, You're on brand. Um, Mark, wants to, Mark wants to get past this segment. <laughs> Here I'll put a, I'll put a I'll put a bow on this segment with this. Phil Mickelson had a 20-year stretch where he was never outside the top 20. That's uh, sick. That's ranks. that's insane. That's all time. It's unbelievable. That's, that's awesome. We're gonna go through matchups. We're gonna give our expert picks, one and done, best bets. But first, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. And we're back. Matchups, gentlemen. It's time. I'm not sure who currently owns the belt. I know it's not me. So it's one of you. Maybe it's Greg. Greg, Greg counted me out. I still don't know how you count these things out, producer Jacob. How did so, we separate last week? It's based off of whoever picked the most dogs, underdogs. For Pete's sakes, really? To break the tie, right? To break the tie. Oh, to break the tie. To break a tie. Okay. Now, this week, we are doing this based on final finishing position. So this actually includes the strokes producer, Jacob. Am I correct? I am correct. He's giving me the head nod. So keep that in mind, gentlemen. We're going to start with Bryson DeChambeau, who is minus 120, and he's starting at four under, versus Rory McIlroy, minus 110, who's starting at three under. Kyle Porter, we'll start with you. What happens if Rory has to, to WD? Bryson wins. Bryson wins. Um. God, Bryson hadn't been playing very well. I'll, I'll, st- I'll stick with Rory. R- Rory dominates Eastlake. Rory does dominate Eastlake, Mark. I think I know where you're going here. Uh, you do. And I'm going to stick there, even though we are just um, we are crossing fingers and holding thumbs that little baby McElroy holds off for about seven or eight days. That's a Rory pick for Mark. I'll also take Rory, uh, although I actually, the numbers, and I bend the knee to the spreadsheet, I think Bryson DeChambeau is the furthest guy back who can win this golf tournament because of what his ceiling is. The is he, he's four under. He's four under. 
he's the he's the only guy in the fours that can get there, in my opinion, and he's the furthest back that can get there. So, by the way, I just did a little quick research. You forgot Tom Watson, Sam Snead, and Gene <laughs> Sarazen as well. So, not even the break could save you, Mark. Tough. <laughs> Next up, Colin Morikawa. He's going to start five under par. The only guy at five under going up against Daniel Berger. He's straight vibing. He's four under. Mark, we'll start with you. Uh, can I pass and go last? Sure. Kyle, we'll start with you. Oh, little strategy. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Morikawa. Spoiler for later on. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Morikawa here. I will take Daniel Berger, uh, who has just been absolutely phenomenal. I want the higher floor guy. I'll take the Berger. And Mark, you've run out of time. I'm going to take Morikawa because Greg and I have got the same amount of belts and he went with Berger. So. Nice. Good strategy, Mr. Immelman. Uh, Cam Smith, minus 120. He's starting at even par versus Mackenzie Hughes, also starting at even par. Gentlemen, you want a spoiler alert for later. Mac Hughes is that guy this week coming from even par. I'll tell you all about it later. So I'll take Mackenzie Hughes. Mark, what say you? I'm going with Mackenzie Hughes as well. Just the way he hits it, uh, hits a real heavy ball. I think he's going to have a field day around Eastlake. Love I love, it. I love the term heavy ball. Uh, you guys all pick Mackenzie Hughes. I'll go Cam Smith. There you go. A little strategy. You have to howl when you do that. Howl. <laughs> the lone wolf. Dustin Johnson is going to start two shots clear of John Rahm. I actually thought this was pretty telling. Uh, odds makers have Dustin Johnson at minus 120 with a two-shot lead. John Rahm minus 110. A lot of, a lot of places would make that a, a bigger spread, uh, but two shots not so much on the PGA Tour, is it, Mark? Have these odds makers stepped out of their uh, basements and actually watched golf instead of just watching Shot Tracker like you dudes? I mean, no. that- Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, in his defense, no, they have not stepped out from behind the screen. <laughs> I am going for Dustin Johnson every day and twice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, I'll go DJ as well. Rom was really bad uh, the week or the tournament after his last win uh, when he played St. Jude. I mean, it was, it was tough to watch. So, uh, yeah, I'll go DJ. I think DJ is just so locked in. All right, I'll howl it up and be the lone wolf. I'll take John Rahm. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is going to start two under par. Tony Finau, who is minus 135, he is the favorite here, also starting at two under. This is pretty interesting. Guys with a lot of firepower. KP, we'll start with you. Uh, I like Scheffler just because he's the underdog here and because you and, Re- you and Greg both picked Finau. So, yeah, I'll go Scheffler. Spoiler alert, Greg and I both picked Tony Finau. Mark, who we got? <laughs> that I found out from my producer who I kind of used to respect uh, <laughs> and I found out that if you tie someone you've got to go with the underdogs uh, I, I sort of want to go with Scheffler but I'm still going with Finau too enticing to go with Tony Finau Mark will take Finau Hideki Matsuyama is even money and he's going to start four under par against Xander uh, man Xander loves Eastlake he's minus 130 Xander is three under so if I'm reading this correctly, let me make sure I am. Xander, a pretty significant favorite, and will start one shot back of Hideki Matsuyama. Mark, is it warranted? I do think it is Xander. I mean, since he showed up at Eastlake, won there as a rookie in 17. I mean, he has been a part of the storyline every single time he's played there. Uh, he drives it well. The golf course fits him. Said to me the first time he was there, I asked him, I'm like, you comfortable? Yeah. And he goes, 
it feels like I'm playing golf at home on the zoysia grass. And so he's comfortable on the ground. I'm going with Xander. This was very difficult for me. Uh, Kyle, as you, I'm sure you know, Xander, three of his four wins on the PGA Tour are in short field no-cut events, including one here at the Tour Championship. In the last five years, nobody has gained more strokes on average at the Tour Championship than Xander Shoffley. However, Hideki Matsuyama has gained strokes putting in three consecutive events. Maybe he's figured it out. Ooh, maybe he's figured it out. He's got a one-shot lead on Xander. I'll take Hideki. What is that, Mark? Wait a second. <laughs> same guy. When some guys putted well for three days straight, you're like, nah, this guy keep going. I'm going against that guy. We, well, yeah. we, we like to use the stats. However, it benefits what we want yeah. to do. Whatever narrative I have to create, I can create with the numbers, Mark. It is a, it's a gift and a curse. Yeah. Number, <laughs> numbers never lie. I'm going, uh, I'm going Xander. He's actually the strokes gain leader for the last I think over the last 10 years, he's gained more strokes per round at Eastlake than anybody else. Billy Horschel is actually second. So I'll take Xander here. Final matchup. Kevin Kisner adding to his bank account this week. He's minus 120 going up against Sebastian Munoz. Now they are, Kisner is going to start at one under. Munoz is going to start at three under. So not a lot of respect from odds makers towards Seb Munoz. KP, who you like? As much as I would like to see uh, Commissioner Jay Monahan hand the uh, FedEx Cup trophy to Bassi Munoz after <laughs> after a year of, of promoting DJ and John Rahm and JT, uh, I'm going to go Kevin Kisner here. He's playing he's playing really really good golf. I think I think he continues to add to the bank account. Five straight top twenty fives for Kevin Kisner. Mark, you're nodding along. I think I know where you're headed. Yeah, well, I said that Xander won as a rookie at Eastlake, but the golf course kind of, there's nuance to it that if you've been there a few times, it plays into your favor. So Kiz, he's been around, I mean, played golf up the road in Athens. I mean, this was the guy that had a helicopter trip from the Tour Championship to a Georgia football game the one Saturday afternoon. He's comfortable there. I'm going with Kisner. I'm going to take Munoz. I'll be the lone wolf here. And uh, eighth last week, the BMW Championship. I think he was 18th the week before. Surprisingly playing well. I'll take, uh, I'll take the two-shot lead as well. Expert picks. We've got first round. Ooh, this is interesting, Mr. Producer Jacob. First round leader, sleeper, and pick to win. We'll start with our first round leaders. Kyle, uh, your box on here is very full. So you have to explain what you're doing here. Well, yeah, th- this got out of control. Um, I, so the first round leader thing is interesting because usually it's just sort of like, I, I don't know, man, like this is, but, but we actually have a leaderboard right now. So uh, JT is starting three back of DJ, one back of Rom, Correct. and he's seven to one to lead after round one. I think that's too, I think that's too long of, I think his odds should be more like four or five to one. And then Webb is at six under, and he's sixteen to one. So either one of those guys, I, I think if you if you want to do both of them, I, I think is is super interesting to lead after round one because it's it's not going to take something insane. I mean, if you're saying okay, uh, Harris English is going to lead after round one, well, he's going to have to shoot uh, seven better than what DJ shoots. You know, yeah. JT is only going to have to be four better. Webb's going to have to be five. So so it just I don't know. I, I really like both of them to, uh, to be up there. Greg also liked Justin Thomas. I, I 
was scared. I went with John Rahm at plus 275, only starting two shots back. For the record, uh, Dustin Johnson, who's going to start at 10 under, he's minus 120 to retain that lead after the first round. Mark, you were not afraid to go down the leaderboard and find somebody. Yeah, and no, I'm just kind of going a bit crazy. Yeah. I'm <laughs> itching golf and perhaps a little overheated. But, you know, Bryson's played there before. People talk about the power of the tee, but the guy puts it like a banshee. And on these greens that are normally immaculate, and they're likely to be again, the way he approaches long-range putting is he's able to calibrate his stroke to speed. And I've watched him on the practice green here before where he'd pace the thing off, make a stroke a certain length because they had a rule in front of him. And this thing was just melting over the top of the hole. So I think he's going to get out there, just bludgeon driver on every hole, make a number of putts and, and, and have a really good first day. So at 50 to one, I'm taking, it's a flyer. Did he have a spritzer out there on the putting green? <laughs> yeah, that was on the range right after the slide rule. Uh, most underrated stat of the PGA Tour season, Bryson DeChambeau fifth in strokes gained putting this year. Thank I bet, you. That. I bet. Uh, I, I think. I think the general public is like, oh, he just hits it. And he's he's been a, he's had a great putting year. And look at that! I didn't even look at shot link and I just eyeball. I could see. It yeah, bit. it's you know blind squirrels. He just has to. He just has to fix that weird side spin thing he's got going on with his irons, apparently. <laughs> yeah, me. T- me too, Bryson. Okay, sleepers. Um, now this is this is weird because the odds are super long in a thirty-man field. Obviously, with the staggered start, Greg took and I quote Viking Victor Hovland, one hundred and fifty to one. Uh, I took Mackenzie Hughes, gentlemen. He's four hundred to one. Do I think he can make up ten shots? No. Probably not. Uh, but I like the way he plays difficult golf courses. We talk about guys who pop up a lot. Mackenzie Hughes pops up, finished 10th at Olympia Fields, finished 6th at Mirfield Village, finished 2nd at PGA National. Those are like three of the six hardest courses we're going to see on a regular basis. This guy is a gamer. I like him coming out of the, uh, the tier of even par golfers. Mark, we'll go over to you. Who is your sleeper for this week? I resolved to give this guy some love a few podcasts ago, and I'm going to continue to do this. Brendan Todd starting three under par. Um, he played golf at Georgia. This golf course asks you to be accurate off the tee. And, and he's the kind of guy who doesn't hit the ground real hard. And I've talked about, you know, with Zoysia Grass, the ball perks up. So it rewards a guy who picks the ball off the turf. So I have a feeling Brendan Todd's going to ease his way up the leaderboard, as he has been doing, and, and be a little bit of a threat in the weekend. KP? I got Billy Horschel. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Billy Horschel second over the last 10 years in strokes gained at Eastlake. Uh, he obviously won here. I think he finished second the year Tiger won. Second or third the year that Tiger won in, in 2018. Uh, he is, I think he's starting at even. So you're getting, I mean, you're getting a good number, 200 to one. But I think the thing, like, he's starting 10 back of DJ, but you're really only five back of most of the, or you're within five of most of the field of the other 24 guys. Right. So yeah, it's going to take a lot, but at 201, Billy Horschel gets hot. I don't know. I kind of like that one. He did finish two shots behind Tiger Woods in 2018 uh, to finish runner up here at Eastlake picks to win Greg has opted for Justin Thomas at five and a half to one. He's going to start three shots back. He's going to start at seven under. Mark, your pick to win is who? Uh, This guy has got every department in the golf bag operating. 
He's, he's got an, an easy confidence about him. He's got that fade shot off the tee, which he actually acknowledged in an interview. He's like, the fade is back. And Dustin Johnson doesn't see a golf ball going left. He is a threat anywhere he plays. He's got the lead. Uh, Bryson's going to have the first round lead, according to me, but Dustin will be close in behind. And, and I just think he'll be too much with the way the game is around this place right now. I love it. Is he hitting, uh, a, uh, is he hitting a draw also, Mark? Sometimes with irons, but the driver is almost expressly left to right. I thought I saw him hit a couple of draws over the last two weeks, which is it's, – it's almost like watching uh, Patrick Reed try to hit a fade. Uh, it just – it looks awkward. Well, if he's drawn it, it's a mistake because I've been on the range with him at times where that, that guy will fiddle with driver setups Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday all of the time, and he's fiddling all of the time to get a head in his hand that never lets the thing go left. Now, it might draw, but it must just never miss on the left side of his target. I think it might have been with, with uh, like on a par three or something like that. Did you, did you notice that, Rick? No, I didn't notice it. I've seen it a couple of times. It might, it might, I think you're right, though, Mark. I think it might have been with his irons. I was trying to convince me that he actually watches golf and not shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, picks to win. Uh, KP, you and I have picked the same golfer, so I would like to seed the stage to you and let you tell everyone why we are both correct. Well, before I do, hey, Mark, can you break down uh, what happened on the last, the last putt at the BMW Championship for me? Were, were, you, were you watching that one? or Which one? The John Rahm putt or the Dustin Johnson putt? The Dustin Johnson. You told us the other day you weren't even watching it. I was watching. I just didn't want to get involved in your text spat back and forth. And so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Webb at Eastlake. So here's the case for Webb. He, he's finishing, like he, he is placing at these events in the top 10, and he's not even really playing that well. So Data Golf has this really cool thing where they will, they will show uh, kind of how you're trending versus your baseline, like where you normally are at. And Webb and JT are the two guys that are trending pretty well and yet not playing up to kind of their usual standards. So what, what I'm getting at there is I'm, I'm betting on a week off kind of resetting him, um, refreshing him in a way that other guys are just – they got beat up by Olympia Fields, right? Like they got destroyed by Olympia Fields. And he's going to come in a little bit fresher, uh, a little bit uh, – yeah, just – just with a with a spark, I think. So I think that's the case for Webb Simpson, even though he's four back of, of DJ going in. Can we talk about the fact that he opted out last week and got basically the best result I think you could have asked for? You know, he only dropped one spot in the FedEx Cup standings, uh, which only equates to one shot this week, and he got the rest. Like that, that to me, I thought it could have been more disastrous than that, and it wasn't. And I agree with you, KP. Uh, I'm all in on 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 Weber at at eleven to one. He, he's played well here at uh, at East Lake in the past. He can make like his scoring numbers. He can make up uh, four shots over four rounds and and find himself in the thick of this thing pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, and it just I don't know. It, it has the feel of like. I, for some reason, I, that's what I've been envisioning over the last couple of weeks is Webb is Web winning the FedEx Cup, which I know is a really dumb reason to pick somebody. But, um, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. The last time I, um, I woke up Monday morning knowing the outcome of a golf tournament was Monday. Of, was it Keegan? No, no, that one I did. I did make a bet on that. But it was Monday. I had a dream that Keegan won a golf tournament 66 to 1. But uh, Bryson, <laughs> I was positive Monday morning Bryson was going to win the players. And we never got to see how that 
finish. That's like the last time that I was like positive. What did, what did he shoot in round one? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to pull it up. Hey, Adeki's rump was ruined. The dude shot that phenomenal 63, and the next thing that was done. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Hade- yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It was- Hideki won his first major. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He, he didn't get the money for it, did he? No. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. Um, one and done. The money was split. Yeah, that's right. One and done. Producer Jacob, what, what are we? Do yeah. We, do yeah. we have a plan? What's the yeah. plan? plan? Wager however much you want, as long as it doesn't exceed the total of points you've acquired over the year. Okay. And your player must finish in the top three. This is what we agreed with last week. Podium okay. finish. If he finishes okay. in the top three, we, we get the amount that we wager. If he does not, we lose the amount that we wager. Correct. Okay. okay. So that, so and Greg's that, not here to protest. He was the only one who, who didn't like it. He was, he was still, we cut off the mics and he was still protesting, trying to figure out a, <laughs> another solution. I, I forgot about that. Uh, which, which, if, if he goes in the top three, is the highest finisher of the group or if they tied? No, it's just a, it's just a yes, no. Yeah, okay. so, so you, you yes. both get it. So, so just for, for everyone's on the same page here, Greg leads the one and done. He has 6.2 million points. Uh, Mark, you have 3.7. So you could, in theory, catch Greg. Mm-hmm. KP, you have 3.59. You could, in theory, catch Greg. Uh, I'm going to need a lot of things. I'm going to be the guy who wagers a dollar and hopes you guys all mess it up. And I'll just backdoor this victory because I've got 3 million points. Producer Jacob, you've got 2.5. So um, I don't even know who I have left, but KP, we'll start with you. Your one and done leans for this week might come down to a short list of who. So if I, hold on, if, if I wager everything and Craig wages a dollar and, I, and we both, both of our guys hit, do I beat him? Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> I so love my, this. we should have been doing this all year we should have been wagering all year yeah this is insane so my one and done I, I, it's not a short list it's just one guy and i'll and i'll say it because i'm a person of integrity and i'm not going to change it <laughs> um <laughs> i'm going with colin markala because i i don't think anybody else is going to do that i already i already entered it i already picked him and I'm just betting that this is his JT Spieth year where he wins a major, he wins a bunch of times, and then he ends up winning the FedEx Cup. So he's good vibes from being on the podcast. I'm going, I'm going with Morikawa and just putting every, every fake penny I have, every FedEx Cup point I have <laughs> into, the, uh, into the, the bucket. Okay, Mark, you've, you've also got to make a pretty big move here, uh, but you can, you can catch Greg. Who, who are we thinking about you, you entering this week? Well, I have a conundrum because uh, oh. Rory and Erica are expecting, and she could go into labor in any time, and I've been waiting to use Rory over here. So he was the guy I had earmarked, but I have Finau and I have uh, Hideki Matsuyama available, hmm. who I feel I could threaten for the title. So I'm at odds right now. Do I have to make this decision? No. You feel, you feel good about putting all your points on Finau and Hideki <laughs> here right now? <laughs> Look, someone's going to win at some stage. Rick, you made a compelling argument about the way that Hideki's putting right now. So that's why I have to think about this. There role. you go. You also might want to check and make sure, like, I think Greg has Rory left. But you'll be really stuck if you pick the same person as Greg. That's why I need to, yeah, I need to know more. Well, 
I, I can't say on this what I'm going to bet because <laughs> obviously bet accordingly. So I, I'm going to play a little smart here right now. All right. We'll keep it close to the vest. For me this week, I, I am out of options. I, I am either playing, uh, <laughs> I barely have anybody left this week. Uh, it, yeah, it'll be Hideki or Hatton or I'll just go super crazy and have to take. Bassey. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Mac Hughes and hope he just goes insane or Joaquin Neiman or somebody like that. So I'm, Ooh, I'm Joaquin. I love Joaquin Neiman. So do I do. So do I, but he's, he's, where is he starting this thing? I think he's two. Yeah. He's two under. It's a lot of work. I mean, Hideki's four under. Where's Hatton? Uh, Hatton's two. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in trouble, boys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let you guys battle this one out. I think. Uh, best bets. Uh, I will just take the segue into Hideki because he's my best bet. Uh, top five. So he's gonna start in a tie for sixth. Uh, top five for him. So I'm not asking him to, to, to do too much. Uh, is plus 260. So if I wager 100, I get 260 in return. I like the way he's putting. I always like the way he hits the ball. I'm going to take Hideki, top five as my top, as my best bet. Greg is taking Tony Finau, who he loves, as a top 10 uh, at plus 150. Mark, your best bet. Oh, this is very interesting what is about to happen here. Tell me what your best bet is. Well, after Greg's picked Finau for a top 10, he's ruined him every other time he's picked him. So he's <laughs> done in the one and done. Um, I've got Rory for a top five. I mean, the guy can fall out of bed and finish in the top five in that place. Yeah. And, and so I, I think as, as far as bets go, it's, it's probably the most sound bet. But again, you don't know if he's going to be teeing it up Friday morning. KP, uh, I see something similar on your sheet. Yeah, I agree. I, I do feel like you're getting a little bit of a – I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but a discount uh, because of the potential WD. Um, what do you actually, I mean, we, we have no idea and we're not going to try to predict uh, a baby uh, arrival, but like, wh- like, what is he like 10% to actually withdraw from this thing? I don't know. I don't I'm just speculate. I don't, I don't know what the, I mean, there wasn't like a, like, because you, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Like you, you say like Steve Sands, was it Steve Sands? I think that broke it or George Savarica who, Oh well, no, Steve Sands, I think. Yeah. And he was like, well, it could be any day. And I'm like, I, I, well, sure. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Does that mean like we're past the due date? Does that mean I have, I have no idea what that means. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't feel super confident that he's going to play, you know, until this time next, until next Monday. But I, I'm with Mark. Like he just he just kills at that place. I mean, he just roasts it. So, uh, yeah, plus two forty. I like top five. Beauty. Yeah. Don't forget, this starts Friday. This starts Friday through Monday, which so means we're thing. Sorry to cut over you. That's okay, Erica. Today or tomorrow, or for that matter, Thursday. <laughs> no, what are we? Tuesday. Tuesday. You got a few days now. Rory can be there for the birth. Then back on Monday evening, the jet quickly. For the FedEx Cup. And then you can go gift the FedEx Cup to the little baby. They take the baby pictures with the baby sleeping in the in the Yeah. <laughs> uh, we call that baby swag. Golfers uh, tend to play well immediately after having a baby. It's a real thing. I'll get you the numbers on it. It's that's, why, that's why Webb's almost like the you know top five in the world. Exactly. Just keep having babies. Keep playing yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. It works, works every time. Uh, because we have the extra day this week, we're dropping a bonus pod in your feed talking about U.S. Open futures and who we might be jumping on before the Tour Championship. That's with Greg and I. This will be in your feed on Friday, so you still get some first-cut action. 
while you're watching the first round of the Tour Championship. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. That's Mark Immelman. You can find him at Mark underscore Immelman. It's Kyle Porter. You can find him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. you ever set foot outside of the motel you will be shot don't miss the new showtime limited series based on the international bestseller for the last four years i've been a prisoner why are they keeping you here starring emmy award winner ewan mcgregor this is the brave new world that you dreamt of be very careful you are still a prisoner here everything in this new world comes at cost this is still my country a gentleman in moscow now streaming on paramount plus only with the paramount plus with showtime plan